How do I prepare for crisis in youth ministry? Okay, uh, maybe if you followed me, you've seen what's going on the last few days. I've been in uh, Panama City, Florida, and uh, working with uh, several churches who are who have uh, who were in the path of the storm. And we are working with Convoy of Hope, of course, and some of the local churches, and then the district youth director also. And we toured 11 different churches. Uh, four of those churches were destroyed completely, right? Met with their lead leadership teams. Uh, I had a dinner uh, on Saturday afternoon, a lunch with several youth pastors. And then also on Friday too, met with uh, at lunch with several youth pastors from the area. So overall, a lot of um, great conversations. But out of that came this question, how do I prepare my youth ministry for crisis? Well, if you go back in the spring, we dealt with the crisis of school shootings, okay? And one of the things that we pulled out of those meetings, and I wanna bring into this discussion right now, is the development of your leadership team before these things happen, right? I mean, follow-up is important, and I'll hit that in just a minute, but we have to have teams that are put together, ready for a crisis before they happen, so proactive leadership, right? And that looks like, uh, if, if you want, I won't take too much time with that, but you can go back and read the uh, and watch on YouTube all of these episodes, and we deal with exactly how to put together that team, leadership team for uh, crisis. So let me go specifically to the development of that team real quick and then uh, what to do afterwards and I'll get to our second question. So first of all, I think you need to have a diverse leadership team. You need young adults, you need adults, you need people that can carry, that have consent to carry, right? Uh, in, in those states where that's proper. You must have an action plan that's put into place before it takes place, right? So that uh, shooters can be taken care of in, in live in the moment, right? Students know exactly what to do and response teams that, that move into action, right? Uh, in, in a fire, in a crisis, make sure you understand evacuation uh, uh, guidelines for your building, right? And how to move students away. In storms, uh, how do you respond immediately in a storm? Uh, whether that's sheltering or whether that's rem being removed from the building or um, whatever. Leadership teams need to have that kind of, um, those kind of questions already handled and at, uh, answered for them before the moment, right? So what we cover here in this situation is we have churches who are just getting back together this weekend, okay? We have youth groups that haven't met for a month. So what does that look like? What that looks like for them is youth ministry on the fly. There are youth ministries down here in Florida, uh, in the Panama City area, who have been meeting uh, away from their building because their building was destroyed. So they're meeting in homes that might still be uh, up, right, doing small group ministry. Who said that youth ministry needs to be done only at the church, right? We're not trying to raise students who are codependent on the church. So uh, having youth ministry in settings that are neutral, what we like to call neutral site settings, okay? Those neutral site settings will do a tremendous work, uh, spiritual formation in your students, because now they're serving God outside of the church and not just at the church, right? And it takes their faith to their world and it puts them in their culture, right? So anytime you can get students to understand that is uh, that's a positive, to, to be in a neutral site worship setting, right? So what we are telling the, the leaders down here is really simple. 
you have to go to the students because your students can't come to the, the church right now. And this, this place is a lot of work on your leadership, your volunteers, right? But the students aren't in school for a month here. So in that follow-up setting, like uh, down in Florida when the shooting took place at Stoneman Douglas, students were out of school for several weeks. So what has to happen is a youth ministry needs to uh, put together their plan and how I'm going to do, how am I going to take youth ministry to neutral site settings, right? That's a blast. You already have to deal with that with athletes, right? Your athletes who can't come maybe on Wednesday night or whenever you meet. Uh, scholastic educational issues where the uh, Gen X, uh, I'm sorry, the Gen Z has this go the, these goals and goal-oriented parents who are pushing them to succeed. Well, one of the things that happens is certain students don't come on Wednesday night or midweek time because of studies. So what you have to do is be willing to do discipleship or mentoring on, in, at a different time instead of just Wednesday nights, right? Uh, opening up coffee shops in the morning and donut shops in the morning, Saturday morning studies, right? Sunday afternoon, uh, small group ministry. So there's so many ways to do that, right? I think sometimes if your mentality is it's all about Wednesday night, then all you're gonna be about is the attendance and not the roster. And your, your influence goes beyond your attendance into the roster. So um, being uh, willing and able to take the youth ministry on the fly, okay? So uh, let, me, let me go to the second question. Uh, this question came in, and I want to deal with this because I think this is for real. And we just dealt with the, the, uh, the, a live question a couple of weeks ago that gets close to this, I think, but I want to take it broader than that, and that is the sexual revolution. The question came in, uh, will God forgive me if I keep committing the same sin over and over every week, right? I'm not going to assume what that sin is, but if you go back and listen to the episode on the sexual revolution, I talk about freedom from sexual sins, okay? That's a great, great one to, uh, to, to look at concerning this question, but let me go there. Galatians chapter three, okay? Galatians chapter 3, foolish Galatians, having begun in the spirit, do you want to perfect yourself in the flesh? Right? Listen, of course God will forgive you. Did you hear me? Of course God will forgive you. The problem is not with God. The problem is with you. You have to learn to forgive yourself and move on and set up practices that protect your principles. Okay, listen, if you are failing at the same sin over and over as a student, okay, over and over, then you need to change your setting. You need to change your friends. You need to change your music. You need to change your patterns because those patterns are setting up bad principles and you need to set up new patterns that will set up good principles in your life. Okay, so Galatians 3, just verses 1 through 3 or 4, right through there, talk about that. Of course God will forgive you, but we can't move on in the Spirit just because grace abounds doesn't mean that sin should, right? So, yes, God will forgive you seven, 70 times 7, right? In Matthew, when, he, when Jesus spoke about that. I know when I was young, I used to add those up and go, oh man, hold it, 490 times, you know, whatever that was, 449 times. Uh, 
I know I sinned more than that a few times, right? Listen, that's not what it's about. It's about his generous grace, but it goes beyond his generous grace and moves into your discipline. So the freedom that you're looking for is definitely found in grace and mercy, but there's greater freedom in discipline. Okay, there's greater freedom in discipline. So yes, God will forgive you, but you need to set up patterns in your life that set that up principles in your life that set up new patterns for your life, okay? So, hey, I hope that helped. Again, I just got finished with uh, ministry down in Panama City. That's why we're, uh, I'm at another airport now in Bush on the way home to Minneapolis, but I'll be flying at 9 p.m. so I couldn't cover it, right? So, um, thank you for joining us, Wendy and Bruce and Angie and Dustin and, man, Alton, all you guys, I really appreciate it. I hope this is helpful. I will take these two questions, how to prepare for crisis in youth ministry, right? And then also this live question here that came in, does God forgive me if I do the same sin over and over? So if you'll just follow the blog at youthology.com, that'll be posted by Tuesday. I'll cover both of those, okay? And then also at YouTube, uh, I'll post product this too, and we'll make sure that this episode is up on youth, uh, on YouTube too at forward slash Jeff Brunel. So, hey, God bless you. I hope it was helpful tonight. I didn't want to skip out and uh, miss. So um, God bless you. This has been Youthology Live. 12 minutes of learning. Have a great week. I think somebody just scored.